Hey guys, welcome back once again to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Vincent Crown, aka PVC. Now, today's episode is episode 22 of the podcast. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back and listen to that one, because this one is a continuation of our episode with Robbie Lewis, our resident Falling Star Wrestling Academy trainee and referee. Now, last week we spoke about how Robbie got introduced into the world of Falling Star Wrestling and how how he joined the Falling Star Wrestling Academy. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how he transitioned into a referee and a few of his more interesting jobs featuring one vampiric limitless champion. Now, before we get on with today's episode, we just need to let you know that as of the 17th of September, Falling Star Wrestling is going to open its doors to new trainees at the Linsport Leisure Centre for our training academy. Each Wednesday from 7 until 9pm, we will be there and we will be training. Now, do be aware that the sessions do cost £10 with our head trainer, Jimmy Starr, and of course, you will need to book in advance due to COVID-19 restrictions. If you'd like to find out more information and how you can book a session, please go to our Facebook page, it's at Falling Star Wrestling, or you can contact Jimmy Starr on 07581 290 824. That number, once again, is 07581 290 824. Now, without further ado, let's get on with today's episode with Robbie Lewis. Now, Robbie, you're refing quite a bit for Falling Star Wrestling at the moment. How did this come about and um, how do you find it beneficial in your early stages of your training? Uh, this came about at a show in Swanson Morley. We'd done a training session with uh, Johnny Storm and Jim, I nearly said, put in an announcement about it. There was sort of calling everybody together and saying, uh, we need a ref for the show. I don't mind who does it. If somebody wants to do the first half and then somebody else to do the second half, I'm happy to do that. But straight away, my eyes lit up and I thought, right, okay, this is a chance for me to get in there and do something. Uh, and I said to uh, some of the other lads, I'm not going to name names, um, does, is anybody fancy doing it? And they they weren't overly keen on it. I don't know whether that was sort of confidence or anything else, but they didn't seem too keen on taking up refereeing on this occasion. So I thought, right, okay, if nobody wants it, I'm just going to step up, step up straight away and take it. Went up to Jimmy and asked him if he's still looking for a referee. He said, uh, yeah, I am. And I just said, yep, yeah, I'll do it straight away. And I did that without even thinking about it, not even thinking about who's going to be on the card. And then I saw the card, the UK Pitbulls, British Royalty, Oh, oh, poo, what have I got myself into here? I'm refereeing for the UK Pitbulls. If I get something wrong, they're going to murder me. <laughs> and then I look down the card, Johnny Storm, British Wrestling Royalty. Double poo. He's going to lambast me if I get something wrong. Oh, God, what have you got yourself into here? But saying that, for me, it wasn't the cleanest of refereeing performances, but I thought for a first go... I actually thought I did pretty well. If I was to look back on the footage now, I'd, I'd know that I was out of position. I wasn't always looking at uh, the shoulders on the mat. But I thought for a first time, it was a good it was a good go. And after looking at some of the matches, um, I learned a few things um, about positioning and uh, getting down quick for, for the counts. And I've just sort of kicked on from there, really. I've taken everything that everybody's... Uh, 
sort of advised me on all the uh, constructive criticism. Um, I'm going to mention a few names now. Uh, Callie Gray's been been brilliant with me. Whenever he's noticed something that I've done wrong, he's always come up to me and said, you've done this wrong uh, and this is how you need to do it. And I've taken all that advice on board. Um, Crowley as well. Yeah, he's another one that has a voice. Who would have thought? I thought he just grunted <laughs> all the time. Because um, he, he was refereeing for a very long time before he um, he got in the ring properly. He's always come to me with advice, and I've always been thankful for that. Sasty as well, because he, he refereed for a good, a good 18 months, I think it was. Um, and after one of the shows one night, he uh, he sat down with me for a good half an hour, and we had a really, really good chat about uh, his experience in refereeing and everything. Everybody said, and I, Sassy, if you're listening to this, I appreciate everything, everything that was said in that conversation, and thank you so much for taking the time with me uh, just to, you know, give me some, give me a little bit of advice. Um, and I, I always take other people's advice whether i agree with it or not i will take everything on board i will use it and learn and go straight on from there what was the other part of that question sorry um just how have you found it beneficial sort of in your early stages of training it's been incredibly beneficial because i'm in there and i'm seeing everything i'm hearing everything big learning curve was uh the survivor series night uh, five on five uh, Survivor Series match. Um, I'm not going to give away too much, but something went wrong. Uh, and there had to be so much communication in the ring and so much had to be done on the fly. When there were conversations between the guys in the ring, I was, um, as much as I was still refereeing and making calls and shouting at the top of my lungs, um, I could still hear the conversations that were going on between the guys trying to um, sort out uh, m- new plans for the match. They had to be completely rewritten on the fly. And I've always, I've always remembered that because I know if anything does go wrong in the ring, I would have to sort of rewrite the script myself, um, if that makes any sense. So that is one of the biggest lessons I've taken away, how to sort of, uh, call an audible. So that, that's one of the biggest things. But actually being in there and hearing everything and seeing everything, for me, that's the best way to learn how to be a wrestler, actually being in there. So yeah, if if there are any trainees listening, offer to be a referee. It's the best thing you'll do. It's, it's the best way to learn. It really is. And not, not just refereeing, offer to do any kind of job. Um, but for me, refereeing is the best way to learn. It really is. I think any wrestler I've ever heard who's done a bit of refereeing, whether it's, you know, been for a long time or just, you know, a a few matches here and there, has said those exact words. You're out in front of people and let's say you're, you know, you're, you're refing a match with real, real experienced guys in there. Um, like a Johnny Storm, you're going to hear what they call, when they call it, how they call it. Um, you're going to know where to be positioned for spots. 
you're going to know how to react for moves because that's very important for a referee to react to the moves because you're not supposed to know what's going on. You're the referee, you know. And remember, uh, any aspiring referees out there, never look nervous because you're in charge. You're 100% in charge of the bout. If, you know, even with Mike and Dave, if they were cheating and you saw them, don't not separate them because it's the pit bulls. Like, fuck it, you're the ref. You know, you're you're the one in charge. You know, don't be afraid to uh, exert your authority. So anyone, any, exactly, I, I totally, totally agree with what you say. Anyone who is training, um, but maybe not ready for their first match yet, if you get the chance to ref, get in there and get used to the audience and listen, just listen to how the the, the pros do it. Because that that experience is totally, you know, just totally invaluable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you've shown you've even done a bit of refereeing in your time. Yeah, I didn't actually do uh, as much refereeing as as maybe Robbie did early on, because I think when I first joined, we actually had uh, sort of a full time ref, so I didn't really get to do that much. But when I made my kind of comeback as PVC, the first couple of shows, I actually did um, do the refereeing for that. And I actually didn't realise how how much energy you actually need to be a referee. And now I know I've seen you in the ring a few times, Robbie, kind of sweating so much because, you know, you're under the lights, you're in the ring, you're with these sweaty guys and you're in there for whether it's three or even six kind of longish matches. And people don't really appreciate that, you know, you're a referee. You've got to be there. You've got to always be heard. You've got to be seen. You've got to go down for the count. You've got to get up. You've got to, you know, raise your hands high so the crowd can see what you're doing. It's it's pretty tiresome, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Um, it's one of the most intense things I've ever done. Um, and if you're sort of ever watching a wrestling match, you you don't even notice the referee until they sort of go down to start to start a three count. But then this this is something I've picked up on since I've been doing it. Uh, if you actually just watch a wrestling match, ignore the wrestlers, and just look at the referee, and you can see how much movement they are actually doing and how much stuff they're looking at. And and like you say, under the lights, it, it's 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 a hot job. It's a really hot, sweaty job. And just think the guys out there wrestling, they're only out there sort of 20, 20 minutes at, at most in an average wrestling match. A referee can be out there all night, especially on sort of the indie shows. And maybe on television, they, they have like one match, have a break for two matches and then go in for another match. But they're in there longer than anybody else on an average show. And just going back to something else, um, something the Pitbulls did actually um, advise me on was uh, be more authoritative in the ring. Because that, that first night, like I say, I just didn't want to upset anybody and I just didn't want them to get anything wrong. So I was being the polite, sorry, Hugh Grant syndrome type person. And they they called me aside and they said, uh, you, you know, don't worry about upsetting anybody if you get everything right you won't upset anybody but just be a lot more authoritative in the ring because essentially you're you're the man in charge of the match so you have to be the authority figure in there and you have to tell the wrestlers stop cheating you have to tell the wrestlers to get back in the corner you're the one not so much dictating the match but basically you're the head teacher and then you've got to show the authority 
in the ring. And also another thing you got to remember is as well is if at the end of that match there's a, a massive pop and the crowd go insane and you know everyone's jumping up and down and you know and everything's gone perfect, right? That's not just the wrestlers who've made that happen, that's the referee too. Okay, it takes three people or five people if there's a tag or whatever. It takes everyone in that ring to do their job right to create that kind of reaction at the end of a match. So, you know, you're as much a part of that emotion and storytelling as the wrestlers are. So, you know, don't think that you're sort of, you know, piggy in the middle. You're telling the story as much as they are. So that pop that that they get or that horrible boo from where the, the heels have won or whatever, the reaction you want, basically, the reaction that you really, really want and you're really, really striving for, you're or a referee is an integral part of that too. By being a referee, you're you're learning the psychology of how to put a match together too. Don't ever think as a ref that that's just that's, oh, well, that's just you're just putting me in there because I ain't good enough to wrestle yet. No, that that ain't the case. I'm putting you in there because you pretty much are at the spot where you're ready for a match. I just want uh, you to understand the psychology of how it works and there's no but I can talk forever about it and I can talk forever about it but there's no point there's no point in me talking forever about it when I can just put you in there and you can learn the that's the theory behind it you know teach you the roles teach you the bumps teach you the moves you know teach you how to be safe but then how are you going to learn the psychology unless you're in there with the crowd well you're going to be a ref so it's it's as much a part of learning the storytelling as it is how to be a how to be a decent referee, you know. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and like you say, you, you can talk about psychology until you're blue in the face, but that's something that you have to learn through through practice over theory. Um, just to experience it, you've got to be in the ring to experience it. Do you have any kind of fun stories that you can tell us from being in the ring with, you know, superstars like the Pitbulls and Johnny Storm and PVC and, you know, those types of guys? Sorry, I just put myself up there, you know. <laughs> wow, Sean. Um, are, are you asking me to put you over by any chance? On an well, you've already put Jim over, so come on. Yeah, but he's the boss. He's the one that tells me whether or not I'm working that night. <laughs> um, oh, f- a funny story. It's always a problem when you put on the spot, everything sort of leaves, completely leaves your mind, doesn't it? Um, well, the, the one that I was thinking of, I don't know whether you can kind of share your perspective on it, was it was a match between myself and Furio, and there was a finish where we wanted to deflect some of his mist. Um, in a different direction and somehow it ended up on you. And I don't know if you can kind of explain a little bit more about that. Oh, I remember this very well. Uh, and I'm amazed how well this, how well this works out. Yeah. Was it, was it a limitless title match? I believe so. I believe it was, wasn't it? Yes. So the initial idea of the end was, um, one of you brought the canvas paint, the canvas PVC painting into the ring 
I can't remember who brought it in, but I think you had it in your hands in the end. Um, and I'm trying to get it off you. At this point, uh, Furio is ready for the old poison mist. He he's, um, spits it out. You hold up the canvas painting and it deflects straight into my face and into my eyes. <laughs> um, and down goes the referee. Um, and obviously, you, you know, without a referee, you can't win the match. So you're down there and you're checking on me, making sure that I'm all right and I can see and I can't see a thing. I'm blind. I'm, you know, I, I may have to call the match here because if I can't see, I can't make a pinfall. And amazingly enough, I, I sort of got some sight back enough to uh, count a three a three count. I can't remember who won the match because uh, I was blind at the time. So I thought, you know what, well, just, just uh, I can see someone down. I can see some shoulders down. I can see somebody on top of those shoulders. Count to three and worry about the um, worry about everything else afterwards. Uh, who won that match, by the way? I can't remember. Uh, I think I've uh, wiped that from my memory, so uh, let's call it a draw because I don't think I got pinned, did I, surely? <laughs> so, so, let me get straight. The, the, the mist deflected off your canvas. Yeah. It didn't get soaked to the canvas. It actually, you managed to work it. So it deflected off the canvas into the rest face. Yeah, yeah, we did. We didn't practice it or anything um, because the canvas wasn't sort of like absorbent. It had like a plastic kind of coating from the spray paint. Um, when Furio misted it, it just kind of bounced off, and I sort of um, managed to angle it in a way that uh, yeah, poor Robbie got the uh, the full brunt of it. But that was that was one of the the coolest finishes that I've kind of been involved in. It was kind of nice to have you involved in it, even though you did get a load of mist in your eyes. But um, I think that just goes to show kind of that there are three people in the match. And at that point there was because you were down and you being down and blind created that kind of drama for then Furio to pick up the Limitless title and smack me around the head with it and, uh, you know, cheat to, to get the win. So the referee in that match was very important. It's what, what we call in wrestling, a beautiful bit of business. Nice, I like it. Um, and that has that has had sort of uh, future connotations. At, I don't know if that's the right word. I think it is. Um, after that match, because um, I don't know if you remember, I think it was the uh, the last event we put on in um, Watlington, was it? Yeah. There was a, there was a tag team match, uh, main event, you and Jack against Cali and Furio. Uh, no, actually, no, it was before that. Cause I'm, no, I'm sure there was some before. Either way, uh, since then, when I do the checks, sort of knee pads, elbow pads, uh, wrist tapings, just make sure there's no foreign objects. I will always now say to Furio, knee pads, yeah, it's fine. Elbow, yeah. Wrists, yeah, it's fine. Mouth, get your mouth open now. I want to, is there anything in there? No, yeah, fine, good. May need to take a breath mint though, but you, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. So yeah, that's kind of one of the things that I've been doing ever since that match. Um, another thing is, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not wearing white anymore. <laughs> and that is because there's now been two in, there's now been two incidents where I've had to throw away shirts because that stuff ain't coming out. Because <laughs> the, the first one was actually Deerham. Uh, it was a triple threat match between Furio, Sassy and uh, Nathan Shaw for the Limitless title. Uh, and as much as I didn't get a direct mist in the face, when checking over Sassy to make sure he was okay after the match, um, because he was, you know, covered in the poison mist, 
um, I was trying to communicate with him and it was just flying off him right onto my shirt. And that I've still got that shirt because, it, you know, it's a happy reminder of um, the journey I've been on. But there are little green splodges all over it and they're just not coming out at all. So that is why I wear black now. Well, let, let me just let me just interject here quickly. I've wrestled Rob probably about 250 times. And do you know how many times I've been missed it? Uh, probably 249, I should think. None. I've never been missed. <laughs> really? I know how difficult that shit is to get off your face, <laughs> your clothes, your gear. I've heard so many people moan about it. I've never, ever been misted. So there we go. Use your load. <laughs> Once he destroyed <laughs> one white shirt, you should have either wore black or just not wore a second. I mean, as far as the shirt, I really don't mind because I'm picking these shirts up from the charity shop knowing what's coming anyway. But, um, uh, I mean, I, I, I can understand people getting um, uh, antsy over it. But for me, it's all part of the show. And if it happens, it happens. And... You know, I go on rants and complain about it, but at the end of the day, for me, it's all good. It's all part of the show, and I'm I'm privileged, and I genuinely mean that, privileged to be a part of the show. So, Jimmy, I thank you for um, allowing me to continue because I know at any point you could have said, this isn't for you, mate. This ain't for you. Um, you know, it's probably best you uh, just continue to be a fan. And I know that you could say that at any point. So I thank you so much for allowing me to train and work with you. Well, let, let me put your mind at ease if we come into a close. I ain't going to say that. And the reasons I'm not going to say that is because um, you've got talent, you've got ability, you work well with others, you try your absolute hardest, not just in wrestling, but in, but in everything you do in life. Um, your confidence is, has come along so much um, physically. Um, you know, before lock, before lockdown, you were looking better than you've ever looked. And I, I reminded you, I said, you know, shit, you look like you lost tons of weight. That's what you're after. Great, you know. If if, if I'm not so, I'm not body shaming anyone, nor would I. I'm just saying, you know, if that's what you're after, that's what you are achieving. You've always been up for up for anything, like the referee, and you've been there to help set up the ring. You've been there to help take it down. Um, I know you've uh, got quite a demanding um, full-time job as well, and it's not always easy to get to things, but you always seem to be there. Like I say, you listen, um, and even if you're, you're listening to some bad advice, which does happen, you don't sit there and go, oh, that shit. You know, you take it on board and disregard it in your own private, quiet time. You're an asset to falling star. Um, so there's no, absolutely no reason I will be, uh, I'll be getting rid of you anytime soon. So, so get that out of your head. In terms of you stepping in that ring and being a wrestler, um, unfortunately, if that awful virus hadn't, and pandemic hadn't, hadn't hit the world, um, you would be, you would most probably be in there now. So when we get back, um, which shouldn't be too long now, come back, keep training hard, and you know who knows when we can put shows on again. You might be on the first show back. Don't focus on that. Just keep plying away, keep working hard, keep training hard, and if you keep up the attitude that you've got, you will go far. I promise you, because it's not about 
ability as soon as you walk through the door. I promise you it's not about anything other than dedication and you've got that in absolute bucket loads and you are a prime example of why people who lack confidence self-confidence should come to uh, a wrestling training school or pursue some kind of sport singing piano whatever they may whatever may be their, their, their thing because it does give you confidence not just in your endeavour, which in your case is wrestling, but in real life as well. So no, you're an asset to fall and start wrestling. I hope you don't go anywhere. Um, and I hope you can continue to stay with us and work as hard as you do. So well done. You're doing awesome. Thank you, Jim. That's, uh, that does actually mean a lot. It really does. So thank you very much for those kind words. I really do appreciate it. Another great podcast and another great podcast guest. Thank you so much to our guest this week, Robbie Lewis. Thanks for joining us and telling your tale on how you became a Falling Star Wrestling Academy member and a Falling Star Wrestling referee. We shall see you in the ring very, very soon. Also, thank you so much to my podcast partner, Mr. Jimmy Starr. If you'd like to know more about him, you can find him on Facebook. It's at Jimmy Starr Wrestler. You can find me at PVC Pro Wrestler, and you can find Falling Star on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Falling Star Wrestling. There you can send us a message and find out more information about the Falling Star Training Academy, which is opening its doors from the 17th of September to you guys out there, budding new trainees who want to become a wrestler. Find out more information on our Facebook page. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support us, you can do one of three things. One, share the podcast. Two, give us a five-star review. And three, subscribe to the podcast. So with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. And we'll be back with you next week for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See ya.